Hello and welcome to the Pop and Things Podcast, a pop culture podcast hosted and produced by Colorado State University students. We are your hosts, Chapman Croskill. Alec Erickson. And Nicole Conklin. So we are officially in the month of November, um, which means that we've got a lot of things coming out. Um, we might go see Doctor Strange today, or at least Alec and I are going to go see it, and I'm really excited about that. Um, I think we've talked about that a little bit before. I'm just, I'm really excited to see how Marvel's going to do magic into the cinematic universe, because that's something that they've been kind of avoiding since day one by explaining, oh, well, most magic is just really advanced science. So I'm really excited to see how they're going to do magic, I guess. Yeah, because in the Thor movie, they even say, we come from a world where magic and science are one. And so it's like, okay, now they just like explain magic as science. Now we actually have magic, yeah. Yeah, and so now Doctor Strange is going to be like all illusions and magic, and it's going to be like this huge thing that's in your face, and you can't avoid the possibility of magic. From what I've seen of his magic, though, it looks very, very cool. I'm I'm very excited to see this movie. I think we're going to see it in 3D, which is going to give me a headache, but I'm so excited. I've heard really good things about this movie. Yes, actually. it has been getting really, really good reviews uh, worldwide. So, which I'm not gonna lie, I saw the trailer um, when I went and saw another film, and I was I wasn't thrilled. I it looked a little cheesy to me or one dimensional. But hearing mm-hmm. the raving reviews, I'm actually really excited to see it. Yeah, well, when you think about it, like honestly, the times that. Marvel has tried to branch away from kind of their main, and even like their main ones don't all follow a very like simple idea. Like Iron Man movies are very different from Captain America movies, but then you have things like Guardians of the Galaxy, which was such a different film and right. it did so well. I'm very excited for the sequel to that, but yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing that. But also yesterday we got a trailer for the new uh, Netflix series of Unfortunate Events. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if either of you read those books growing up. Yes, Nicole, you did. Mm-hmm. Uh, how do you feel about the new TV show? Um, so after that other movie that was released, I believe Jim Carrey was Count Olaf, and that was yes. really a really, uh, you know, mixed feelings on that movie. Um, but seeing this with Neil Patrick Harris as Count Olaf, I think I'm gonna have to get used to his appearance. Yeah, um, for because sure. I don't. I there's like a, there's of course descriptions and pictures of Count Olaf's in Count Olaf in the novels. Um, and he look, you know, he has a very, very like big forehead, but it's also like a very flat forehead, mm-hmm. but like it works with like the artistic style. And that is really difficult to translate like both, um, Jim Carrey's character and now Neil Patrick Harris's character. They look kind of like cartoonish. But... I think Neil Patrick Harris has a little bit of a creepier approach though, a little bit yeah. more serious. And I think that's going to play off well. The kids look like they're cast really well. I'm yeah. not familiar with any of them. Um, yeah, they look really, really good. I'm, um, I'm excited with those choices, but yeah, yeah. Neil Patrick Harris well because one thing I actually really I enjoyed but this might have been like me when I saw this movie at a super young age I thought they um um what's his name we uh who played him before. Jim Carrey. Jim Carrey. I thought that Jim Carrey, he played like this really comical, but also like kind of terrifying at points. Mm-hmm. Like when he did go dark, he went dark and it was creepy. Um, and I, I actually love Jim Carrey as an actor. I think mm-hmm. he's a very well-ranged actor who just ends up playing very goofy roles because he's good at it. But yeah. you look at things like um, the eternal sunshine of the spotless mind and like he can play serious roles very, very well. Um, but I, I do like Neil Patrick Harris. Um, I am not actually a huge fan of um, How I Met Your Mother. I think it's an okay show that just didn't end well, but I just, I've never consistently watched it. Um, but I'm excited to see where it goes, and he does look creepy in the trailer. This is a TV show, correct? Correct. Yes. It's a Netflix okay. show. We don't know how long it's going to go. We don't know how much like of each book's going to be in each right. season. I honestly want them to stretch it out and like focus on details because that was the biggest problem with the movie is they fit three books into like a two hour movie Mm -hmm. and they ruined it. Um, Actually, I really love those books because even as a kid, they've got a lot of like 
really weird things going on that you can then go back and appreciate as an adult. Um, and Lemony Snicket, I can't remember the author's actual name. He's honestly a very, very talented author who does some weird stuff, but it works. So. And this property just makes so much more sense as a TV series versus mm-hmm. a movie because there are so many books in the series. Yes. And so Netflix <laughs> has handled all their original series incredibly well. So I'm totally confident that like they have a solid writing staff behind it to mm-hmm. kind of well, especially the lemony snicket is working on the like the tv show yeah that makes me very happy like and with that trailer it was really well done where they delayed the like reveal of neil patrick harris mm-hmm. and so like you only saw him for maybe the last 10 15 seconds of the trailer <laughs> but even then like he was creepy enough only had maybe like two lines for that whole entire like 10 seconds there and like it sold me on his character. I also think one of the biggest issues with the old movies they made was that, honestly, the three kids were very flat characters. I think Sunny had the most depth to her, and she was a toddler. Yeah. Um, like, I just, I didn't like the uh, actor and actress who played Klaus and Violet. They just, they didn't have a depth to them, and I think that that movie kind of carried itself just on being entertaining with Jim Carrey, and it, it didn't work. Well, it's, they were written to be so flat and basic and easy to understand, and I'm hoping with the series now, they can really pay attention to those details yeah, because those... they're very very intricate characters in yeah. the novels like there's a lot going on with them they're smart they're you know you're in the head it's really cool so we also got a train spotting 2 trailer now i've never watched train spotting so i have no opinion and neither has nicole so alec would you tell us about this please so train spotting for those that don't know is this 1996 film fantastic film has ewan mcgregor and so many other amazing british actors in it and it's essentially kind of about the whole entire like heroin kind of trade deal going on. Fantastic film. It's beautifully shot. One of my favorites of like the last millennium, I would say, basically. Interesting. And so it is a great film. I've watched it several, several times. I don't want to spoil it because I, I figure you guys will probably go watch it later. I really should go see this. it now that I've been told. It's because so now <laughs> there is a train spotting two, which takes place 20 years after the original one. They established that in the trailer. The trailer is like three minutes long. Wow. Incredibly well done. Does not give you too much of a story, but you can expect very much the same. It's going to pick up with all these characters coming back together 20 years after the fact and it looks incredible so nobody saw this coming right like there's been no i've heard no mention of this and i heard new people are freaking out because like all of a sudden there was this trailer for like this sequel we never expected yeah because if you ever watch the original one it does not end in a way that would leave you expecting a sequel in any way because i don't think when the movie originally came out that they expected it to be such a critically acclaimed movie and that it would be something that people would want more of. It was kind of this like cult hit essentially is what it was back in the nineties. And so that's why no one ever expected 20 years after the fact, everyone from the original movie would come back for this. And that is just fantastic. So do you think it's going to do well? I think it will do well just because it's gained such popularity after its release Mm -hmm. that, and there's a whole new generation that's been essentially introduced to it that I feel people are going to go back, watch the new one. Now that the second one's been announced and all these new people are going to go see the second one. Interesting. Yeah, I sequels are definitely a hit or miss thing for me. I love I love storytelling just on all platforms. It's kind of like why I'm studying what I'm studying. And I hate it when like people start telling... And this is the same discussion we had about um, Walking Dead. Because I hate it when they start telling a story just to make money and just based off what they think an audience wants. And I'd rather them tell mm-hmm. a story because they have a story to tell. Um, that's my same issue we were talking about them doing sequel to Disney Pixar movies and... Basically 
basically any time that a sequel is not part of a grand scheme, I am very, very iffy about it. So I'm curious to see where this goes, but it looks like they have a, a story they want to tell, and that's the reason they're choosing to do it now. It's obviously not based off of any sort of, like, fan appeal or people freaking out about it. So Yeah, they even establish in the trailer that, like, it's definitely aged more because now they're starting to introduce, like, the whole technological era of, like, Facebook, Twitter, and all that. And they're like, why you people are addicted to technology in our day we were addicted to gun like drugs and so that's kind of like where they're trying to combine it and so i feel like it's going to be a new way where they're combining the two new kind of like mm. mediums i guess yeah no that's mm. that's a cool way of doing it i'm i'm definitely curious to see where that's gonna go um and the third trailer that we got this last week is the wonder woman second trailer um wonder woman looks like it's going to be the captain america of the dc world because it's set place in world war one uh it's got one of the chris's uh i'll be at the one who's barely been in the uh cinematic universe it's got chris pine mm. um and i'm i think it looks actually really good i really yeah. love that actress as wonder woman uh what do you guys think uh, my initial thought is that I feel like the trailer showed off all the jokes the movie had. There were like so many moments in this trailer where they're like, here's a funny moment. Here's a funny moment. Here's another one with some serious stuff thrown around. But they're, I feel like they just blew the entire like funny moment kind of thing through the trailer. And so now I'm like, okay, I know what to expect when the movie comes but, around. I mean, considering how poorly... Um, Man of Steel and parts of Batman versus Superman did just because it was so serious. Do you think they like they have filmed a serious movie, but they're trying to sell it as being a little funnier than it is because D- that's DC's biggest problem? I mean, that's the whole reason I think they made Suicide Squad. Yeah, I feel like that was the whole entire point of Suicide Squad was to be like the funny movie and because they had to com- they had to combat Deadpool in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Except it's not part of the official MCU, <laughs> but still, it's Marvel property, and so they were trying to go for their edgy, funny kind of thing. And so now I'm wondering if Wonder Woman is like somewhere between Captain America Winter Soldier and Captain America 1. Like it's trying to be that like serious pseudo funny thing. Marvel and DC do this really toxic thing in my opinion where they have to appeal to every audience on the planet. And I think that is just the wrong approach and it's a money approach obviously. But I think if they focused on what people love so much about these comic books or the the storylines with these characters. I think if they really were true to that and delve into how important those little details were, I think the audience would love it. And I think it's okay to be serious. And to be honest, I didn't know that they got garbage for being too serious. That's news to me. Oh yeah. That um, was, I think the biggest complaint um, of both man of steel and BV like Batman versus yeah. Superman. Excuse me. Minus the monster that appears in Batman versus um, Minus a lot of the issues with Batman versus <laughs> Superman. The whole Martha thing is just ridiculous. Yeah, that was the worst plot point I've ever seen. <clears throat> it's just, right. yeah, that one's one of the biggest complaints they got is that they were too serious. And then obviously with the trailer we've seen for um, uh, Justice League, we know that they're going to try and be a bit funnier, at least in yeah. the trailer they're being funnier. And at least I, with the introduction of Flash. Right, and yeah. I, I actually really like it. I, I we never we haven't talked about that on this podcast yet, but I I'm really looking forward to Justice League because I think that they may with that movie know where they're going with like the both the comedy but also like the fights because Batman is being actually very funny but in his very very dry humor kind of way which is actually my one of my favorite traits about Batman like I actually really enjoy him as a character and I think that he's a very good character I don't think that Batman versus Superman showed him off very well and as much as I love I mean I love the Christopher Nolan trilogy it's not the same Batman it's a much darker Batman I like the serious 
darker Batman because I feel like there's there's so much more story there. And I I want him to be serious, but I also I love his like dry sarcastic humor in a lot of the comics. Um, and in a lot of the games, like the Arkham series, is actually my one of my favorite Batman. It's a lot of ver- my favorite versions of any characters, and I think that they sell tell a very good story with that Batman and the, that Joker and that Harley Quinn. And well, and that c- comedy is you know good when it's serious and they believe it instead of just cheesing it up for the audience. Right. So and I'm I love Ezra Miller as an actor, so I'm excited to see him as the Flash. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I've actually not watched the Flash TV show at all. Um, I've heard mixed reviews about it. So. I have. I'm currently watching it. The first season was fantastic. Really loved it. Second season, it was okay. Once they introduced time travel into it, that's when things got a little weird. Now with this third season that's currently on TV, they introduced the Flashpoint mm. uh, series. And so now things have just gone my, off the My rail. issue, especially a lot with DC is some of their characters and especially speedsters as like a character. Um, I think that the Flash and like a lot of the other speedsters, which are mainly the Flash and his, the different versions of the Flash, um, I, I think that they're so overpowered. And then they introduce like the Speed Force, which if you don't know, is basically this whole law system that made, basically says that the Flash can do whatever he needs um, according to whatever system is in place. And it's, it's really stupid. I hate the Speed Force and I think that it's a dumb way to to regulate stuff like at least most of the time marvel like especially nowadays tries to follow the laws of physics um for the, except for uh, quicksilver and the new the fox movies but even then like that's mostly for entertainment like he never uses those powers to do anything really cool um but yeah i hate the speed force and i really really don't like the flash as a hero but i love ezra miller and i'm excited to see what he does with the character mm-hmm. Yeah, and then even with Justice League, they're also going to have Cyborg, which is an interesting choice yes. because for like our generation, we grew up on Teen Titans, <laughs> and we always fought a Cyborg as a Teen Titan, never right. as a Justice League member, even though in the comics he was for yeah, a long he was one of the of time. He was one of the originals. Yeah. He was an early on member. Um, and of course, they won't have Superman until they like reveal that he obviously didn't die. Like everyone <laughs> knows he didn't die. Like, yeah. there was no like that's the whole thing is they really try to build up this whole thing of like, oh, Superman dies, but like he doesn't. Like we all know at he the doesn't. very end of the movie, it hints that. Yeah, anyway. like we all know he didn't die. What? What's the point? Yep. I think it's actually like a lot of people are actually theorizing that it's so Jack Snyder could kill off Clark Kent because they don't he they believe that he doesn't like Clark Kent as a character to write, mm. um, which kind of makes sense. I hate to see you know journalists getting killed off. But I actually I want to see I wish that they would explore more of Clark Kent as a character. Mm-hmm. I know that they don't have time, but like I want to see maybe it's because I'm a journalist. But like I want to see like a print journalist in this age, like trying to be a superhero, but also like being a print slash digital journalist. You have a deadline tomorrow. Yeah, it'd be and well, like here, like run all this social media like as a superhero. <laughs> like it'd be so interesting. Like I I've actually not read any of the new Fifty Two, but I'm really curious about how they manage like Clark Kent being like a reporter because I. But that's as a journalist, so I'm biased. Um, we also got teaser images for the Beauty and the Beast um, remake with Emma Watson, um, and it looks pretty. Um, it lo- I really, really like the way the Beast looks. Um, I think he looks terrifying, but still human enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, that it's, like, it's not Uncanny Valley because it's too human, but like you can still tell it's like a person been ter- transformed into something. Um, and we also, have you all seen the promotional images? Yes. Have you seen the picture of Lumiere and Codsworth? Lumiere is interesting. He's like yeah. a little like bronze man. Yeah. Um, but you and were you're really yeah. Small. Yeah, you're really excited about this, Nicole, aren't you? I am. Beauty and the Beast has a very special place in my heart. Um it's just a wonderful and well written piece. Yes. And 
I think what I love about this one particular is, you know, we all know Emma Watson is a very passionate woman, a, an activist, and right. what they they changed Belle's backstory. Yeah, so she's now actually an inventor along with her father. Mm-hmm. Um, they tease that she has invented a washing machine to make her life easier. Um, and they cheese that um, her father is Maurice is less of like a crazy inventor, and actually he mostly builds um, music boxes now because he's overprotective yes. of Belle in this. And I think that's going to add a lot of uh, like a family dimension to this film, and I'm really excited for that. And it's just a wonderful cast, and I'm really excited yes. to see all of the CGI. And the, I was reading an article that the set designer, every single prop, everything in that set has a a role and I think that is just so cool because it's just beautiful yes it looks very pretty and I, I mean I've enjoyed most of the remakes they've done so far um Maleficent was wonderful it mm-hmm. was it was very different from Sleeping Beauty but also Sleeping Beauty is a very very kind of bland Disney movie when you look at it like it's about this girl who pricks her finger falls asleep and then Prince Charming comes in and saves her right. from this evil dragon witch um and I really really enjoyed the exploration of Maleficent as a character because for years she's always been considered like the most evil Disney villain because she did everything simply out of spite. And that's why in like kingdom hearts, she's like the big bad and like why um, she's always considered to be like the leader of Disney villains. And I loved seeing an exploration of her character. And I thought that Angelina Jolie did a wonderful job. Um, I also really enjoyed the jungle book. Um, I thought it was, it was good. It was very different. Uh, I was definitely darker with like weird. The music felt interesting. I wish they actually sang because I love the music. I, well, I mean, they did. They actually had, um, uh, I can't remember his name, uh, Christopher Walken. They had him sing the song as um, oh, really? as the King, uh, Louis. King Louis. Yeah. And that was weird. Christopher Walken singing that is is a whole experience, but it was enjoyable. <laughs> yeah, when you try yeah. to picture Christopher Walken like actually see singing it's kind of a well he did that thought. the funniest thing i thought was when he was on that peter pan special they did as <laughs> captain hook yeah. oh, and he yeah. was like singing and it was the weirdest thing like i love him as an actor i don't think he should be doing singing comedic roles ever um but he actually was a really really good like dark king louis mm-hmm. um and they also announced they're going to be doing a lion king remake a live action uh, line. Uh, yeah, well, live yeah. action line. Did you miss this, Nicole? Yes. Yes, they're doing a Lion King, I think, in two years. Oh, um, wow. Yeah, with the success that they've had with all these like live action remakes, Disney has essentially been like, okay, let's go through every single property that we've had that was moderately successful yeah. back then. And they're doing, and, a, and they also better. announced the Snow White. Uh, yeah, they'll be okay. doing it in like three years. They're not doing Snow White for a while. Which and is, Little Mermaid, they announced really? yes. live Little Mermaid. Although I don't know if that Little Mermaid is actually part of the Disney like live action. Uh, yeah, I think because it has Chloe Grace Mortet like yeah attached to it, and I don't know if it's an official one. Well, I, think, I heard Lin Manuel's also working on really that. Yeah. okay. So I'm I not love, sure. I'm um, we can actually talk about that. Moana also comes out this month, and we will obviously talk about it as we get closer to it. Yeah, but it's it's a Disney movie featuring a person of color as the main character with a singing Dwayne the Rock Johnson and music written by Lin Manuel Miranda. Uh-huh. And I am so excited. I actually auditioned for that. Did you really? I did. Um. Knowing that I was a white female, I knew I wouldn't yes. get very far. Um, but it was a wonderful experience, and that movie just—I remember they give you the synopsis before, mm-hmm. and you're like, "What is this going to be about?" Oh, I'm—I'm I'm very much looking forward it's, to it. Looks I, beautiful. 
It looks it looks gorgeous, mm-hmm. and it lo- I love oh, I love everything about it. And the I'm, music is the, what they've released thus far is just awesome. Yeah, it's and I like I like that they're actually doing like a lore heavy. Like it almost feels in some way similar to like Hercules or mm-hmm. other like lore heavy ones where you've got like these almost like demigod characters from like some sort of mythology, and yeah. you're, you're playing around with them. We haven't seen mythological characters in years. Um, we really, I mean, Hercules, I mean, you kind of like a pseudo kind. of look at like the scottish mythology with uh brave but scottish mythology is different because it's yeah. not gods it's it's magic it's yeah. this very earth magic yeah. but we're actually seeing like a literal demigod and i actually i love hercules as a film mm-hmm. um it's it's one of the more ridiculous disney movies but explored like explored gods in a very it's fun, fun way yeah. it's a very fun movie and i think that they're trying to go back to that and i love it mm-hmm. i I I enjoyed Frozen, especially musically. It actually has some very, very good songs, um, but it was also not anything special as far as stories go. Um, people yeah. are like, oh, it's it's very feminist because the characters don't need like love interests. We've seen that before. Um, it, that was not the special well, part. Well, it was supposed to be about the Snow Queen, <coughs> but as you can see, it changed dramatically yeah. from yes. that story. Well, and originally Elsa was going to be a lot more evil. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I really enjoyed Frozen, but I think that Moana is Disney doing a really good job to actually like do a whole different story in a completely different place and oh, I'm so excited. See, out of all these yeah, like new diverse. Disney movies, like I feel like my favorite is Tangled and that's the one that I feel uh, like doesn't get enough love and um, attention. Yeah, yeah. I, I really enjoy it. I Maybe I just haven't like seen it and really like enjoyed it enough, but it wasn't my favorite. Like I thought it was entertaining. It just, I don't know, it didn't stick for me. Phenomenal. I loved the music it way more than pretty. Frozen. I I really yeah. honestly didn't care for the film of Frozen. I didn't think it was anything great as a movie. I just really loved the music. Um, I thought it was very, but I also do love enjoy the music from yeah. Tangled. Um, I loved it all. Um, <laughs> it's great. Um, on the topic of pretty things and um, diversity, CoverGirl had a model in uh, hijab, correct? Correct. And her name is Nura Afia, I believe. I hope I'm doing that justice. Um, but yes, she's... Um, a Muslim woman who lives in Denver, Colorado, who has been added to the CoverGirl team. And this is huge because this has never been done. Right. And CoverGirl is like kind of pioneering this diversity <laughs> movement, which I absolutely love. That's awesome. That's fantastic. And um, like Dolce & Gabbana also introduced a, wo- a Muslim woman. And there's sev- there's a Muslim designer in New York during Fashion Week who introduced an entire line with all of their models wearing hijabs. That's fantastic. And got a standing ovation because it's like, finally, thank you. And sh- it just would be so awesome to get inside this woman's head. So I hope that maybe one of us at CSU can interview this woman. Yeah, I'm actually, I'm going to see if we can reach out. That would be really, really yeah. cool. Um, especially because I actually, I saw this recently with Halloween going on, but I saw uh, a bunch of pictures of uh, Muslim women who were using their hijabs like as part of their costume. Cool. And so they were doing like cosplays of like Disney characters. Uh, Characters, but they were using like their hijab like I saw one where she was um she was Harley Quinn and so her hijab was like the colored pigtails and it it's so gorgeous and yeah. like I I I don't understand like obviously I, I can see where like a lot of this negativity has come from but like it's so heartbreaking and I'm so glad to see like people pioneering this and I like companies yeah. like CoverGirl and Dulce and Gabbana like it's amazing um we also have been seeing a lot of diversity um you were saying that there is more lgbt characters in um pop culture than yeah, ever before so we're at an all-time high for l excuse me lgbtq characters in tv shows 
Um, and you know, every most people know who Laverne Cox is. Laverne mm-hmm. Cox was featured in Rocky Horror Picture Show, or right? Off. Which I thought about talking about, but it it was nothing. It was enjoyable, yeah. But, and it was it was a nice nod to the original. Um, I'm actually a huge Rocky Horror fan. Right. I've been. I was Frank Inverter two years ago for Halloween. Oh, cool. I, I rocked it. I really enjoy it. I'm a huge huge Rocky Horror fan. Um, it was it was entertaining. It was a nod to the original. Yeah. It was that's all it was. Um, I enjoyed the characters and they, the actors and, um, did a fantastic job. But it was it wasn't anything to write home about. Yeah. that's what I've heard about like the Grease Live production yeah. too as well. It's the exact yeah. same. And they're doing like, Hairspray Live in a few mm-hmm. weeks. Honestly, and they, but they did the thing is they didn't do Rocky Horror Live. They did it as like a pre-filmed mm-hmm. and like they could have done it live and it probably would have been better. But they didn't. Um, it was still enjoyable, and I think Laverne Cox. That was a very good choice. Um, obviously, because they're trying to deal with um, a lot of the issues that exist with like the trans community and yeah. a lot of those things with the original. Because although I do actually know that the um, original, I believe, director or writer, one of the two, is actually a trans individual. Yeah. And so they like they did have correct opinions, but this was also 1974, I believe. And so it was a very very different time. And so. It is different, and I like that they represented it in a modern way, um, but I don't know. It's yeah, just it... about time that they started giving <coughs> yes. roles and not gender bending or, you know, avoiding yes. that. Well, and... the, there was that big backlash that happened when they did the Stonewall movie yeah. a couple years ago, and it um, they casted a cis white male to play the, the lead character who was meant to be a trans black woman, I believe. Yes. Um, and it, it was just heartbreaking. Well, and then speaking of that, um, black characters are at an all-time high casting as well. Like shows like Luke Cage, Blackish, that comedy, Empire, How to Get Away with Murder. That's awesome. And this is a movement that I know that the industry has been hopefully, you know, wanting and pushing for for a long time. Yeah, and, and I've finally gotten around to watching a bit of Luke Cage. And obviously I'm saying this as like a white a white male. So like I I do have to recognize my privilege here, but like... It's really, really refreshing to see like a completely different community represented, the Harlem community and all of these black characters. It's it's very exciting. And yeah. like I said, I'm saying this from my perspective, but it's it's so cool. And I love seeing a different perspective represented in such an interesting way, mm-hmm. um, especially from such a big name, which is Disney and Netflix and ABC. So it's it's all the a lot of big names producing it it's those big companies that have to lead the way yes. and i'm glad that they are yes and i love how they're not appropriating cultures they're not like making white culture part of like all these different races yeah, i'm they're exposing us to a mass like audience what all these cultures <laughs> have to offer right and so it's a very unique and cool thing like with luke cage harlem culture is very like artsy and kind mm-hmm. of like elegant and so that's what they're kind of showing us yeah. was that when i actually i saw an old power man comic lying around a, uh, a thrift store the other day and i picked it up and i realized just how like honestly almost insensitive you could view it like they do represent like power man luke cage like well enough but like this is a much better representation Good. because it, it shows like the struggles of like a black man in like this society and in the harlem culture and also dealing with like a lot of like the subcultures that exist but also like as you know a marvel character yeah. so I think it's really cool. Um, we are actually at about time. Um, but thank you so much for listening. Um, you can tweet us at CSU Collegian and tune back tune in next week. <laughs>